The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up. Dearly beloved, we, we welcome you to this service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and a homily are offered for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful or material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. As is our custom on this first Sunday of the month, especially we welcome you to join us for luncheon following service to greet someone whose name you don't yet confidently know following the postlude, to consider developing and continuing growth in stewardship and percentage giving and tithing, and as the Spirit moves and you are willing to consider membership in our Marsh Chapel, member, Marsh Chapel chapter and signal that by signing the red pad during the offertory. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal, through him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Please join me now in reading verses from Psalm 122 responsively with the antiphon. to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is firmly bound together. To it the tribes go up, with the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper. We love you. Keep peace within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Abel, please rise for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel lesson. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. Glory to you, O Lord. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. 
Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready, for the Son of God is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, our problem straightway is how to interpret these words. We understand the call to readiness. You do not know the hour. We understand that the night is far spent and the day is at hand. But to render the meaning of this one verse, 13 and 14 of Paul's epistle to the Romans, we shall need to consult together. That is, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ is to live, first of all, with a sense of gladness. Now, we'll have to go back to the beginning of the letter. In the first chapter, Paul identifies himself as doulos, servant, slave of Jesus Christ. Four mentions of Jesus Christ the Lord in the first eight verses. He names himself as an apostle, a witness of the gospel. That, by the way, means good news, glad tidings, to bring about the obedience of faith. Says Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to all who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God was passed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. He's, well... It is good news. He's glad. We then, this Advent, shall live with a sense of gladness. Paul turns quickly, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, to our condition, what condition our condition is in. He says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ is to live with a sense of challenge, that is, a life that is full of alienation, S. Estrangement, challenge. Oh, from the beginning of creation, the invisible nature of God is eternal power and deity were known, perceived through the things that were made. But we have become, as a people, prone to exchange truth for falsehood and to exchange honor for dishonor and to exchange the call of faith, the mind, if you will, for the flesh. He means by the flesh, Paul is a dualistic Neoplatonist, so he means by the flesh that which is over against the real self. So he says of your condition and mind, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Not happy words these. We will live then this Advent, will we not, with a sense of challenge. Ah, the promise of the third chapter. Something new is burst upon the scene. Paul says that the righteousness of God is now manifest apart from the law. 
that is apart from progress and achievement and victory and success, the righteousness of God, the right-wising, the making right of God is available through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He further says right there, this is a, a celebration of newness. To put on the Lord Jesus Christ is to put on a sense of newness. He said, all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. And so all are justified through grace, which is a gift, the redemption of Jesus Christ our Lord. We're interpreting one verse from 13 and 14, so we're listening for where Paul mentions the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, he then will argue with you a little bit about Abraham and why Abraham is blessed. He has a a notion that Abraham is blessed by faith, reckoned to him as righteousness before, apart from circumcision. This Advent, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, we will live with a sense of newness. We come to the great watershed of the Christian faith, as Gardner Taylor called it. Chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access to the grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in our hope of sharing in the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings for Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because of the love of God that has been shed abroad in our hearts by faith through the Holy Spirit. We are, that is, putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, living with a sense of confidence, confide. Oh, this celebration of confidence will take Paul through the sixth chapter. You remember, in baptism we have been buried with Christ so that we might be raised with him to walk in newness of life. We're getting close to the heart of the matter. That is the life now just in chapter 7. Again, back and forth, Paul says, I am a man caught up with the flesh. Who will deliver me from this body of death? He identifies with our struggle. But he goes on to say in chapter 8, verse 1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is, to put on Christ is to live with a sense of spirit. And this is the main point for Paul's letter 13 and 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ make no provision for the opposite. That is, live in the Spirit. So, 8 and 2, he says, the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set me free from the law of sin and death. You know, he sings a song Howard Thurman would have loved. All who are led, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Now that's a very big tent. 
all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. You and you and him and her and we and us and all. Spirit. I think that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the whole creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children, the children of God. And we, we ourselves wait for adoption, that is the redemption of our bodies. In this hope, we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. Who hopes for what he sees? But we hope for what we do not see and wait for it with patience. Spirit, spirit, spirit. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. What's, what then, he concludes to this glorious chapter, what then shall we say of this? If God is for us, who is against us? Who will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or peril or nakedness or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors. What a phrase. Through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We will live this Advent with a sense of spirit. Now Paul is going to, he's traced already for you sin and salvation and spirit. He's going to say something about his siblings. We'll leave that for another day, 9 to 11. We could remember with him that how shall they call upon him of whom they have not heard and how shall they hear of him without a preacher and how shall they preach if they haven't been sent and blessed are the beautiful feet of those who bring glad tidings because faith take your hands off the keyboard and your eyes off the screen faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God to put on the Lord Jesus Christ also means to live with a sense of support we will live this advent not just with a sense of gladness and a sense of, and a sense of challenge and a sense of newness and a sense of confidence and a sense of spirit. We're also going to live together with a sense of support. That is the spiritual worship, the service with which Paul concludes in the four final chapters of Romans. You know, he says to you, all of these are beautiful phrases. Be ye not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. He's speaking of the support we have here in the grace of God, which is a gift. It were, if it were not a gift, it would not be grace. 
He says also, how are we going to do this? Well, we'll tell you in 13 little lines. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast what is good. Love one another with mutual support. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. We are given the grace of God as a gift here in word and table. We shall live in Advent with a sense of support. Now we're almost there. We're at the edge of the 13th chapter and Paul's going to say something about a good word about authorities. There's a point to ordering. Oh, we recognize it's not the main point. We recognize that constraint is less than freedom and that law is less than grace and that discipline is less than love. But be subject to the governing authorities and pay taxes to those to whom taxes are due and revenue to those to whom revenue is due and respect to those to whom respect is due and honor to those to whom honor is due. And then Paul says, owe no one anything except to love your neighbor. All of the commandments, he says, the commandment thou shalt not kill, steal, commit adultery, bear false witness, covet, and then he adds, and any other commandment, are summed up in this, this saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love fulfills the law because love does no wrong to the neighbor. To put on the Lord Jesus Christ means to put on a sense of support, and here we are at chapter 13, verse 14. Salvation is nearer to us than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Leave behind drunkenness and debauchery and debt, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for his opposite. Oh, I recognize there are two other chapters there. Paul is going to carry you through a discussion of the weak and the strong, the conservative and the liberal, the traditional and the progressive, the weak and the strong. And he's going to warn us, maybe particularly us, not to do things that cause others to stumble. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are permissible, but not all things build up. That is, if my practice of the day, or the way I eat, or how I speak, or what I do, causes my sibling to stumble, I will not do it. And he ends with a list of names, greeting them, a third of them are women, and says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. That is, we shall live this Advent also with a sense of support. Now you might rightly ask, uh, Dean Hill, couldn't you have just given us verse 14 of chapter 13 in a less biblical and a less theological and a more personal and a more narrative way? I mean, it is Communion Sunday. And I would say, yes, I could have done. For on Thanksgiving Day at 14 degrees on the Fahrenheit scale with nine inches of powder, 
a five and six year old raced up the hill in that first experience of sledding. And the grandparent, this is the joy of grandparenting, shoved them off, up and over and down, and the parent had to play defense and catch them so that they didn't go over the cliff, cross the road, and into the lake, not yet frozen, though it did freeze that night. That is, the gladness of that hour, the challenge of that slope, the newness of that experience, the confidence of that sledder, the support of that family, well, that was a moment of putting on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you knew what he meant when the five-year-old said, Grandpa, could we just do this forever? There are some things that last forever, and these are the garments of eternity in which come this preparatory season of Advent. We are clothed. Take heed, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly, leaving behind drunkenness and debauchery and debate. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to satisfy the desires thereof. Come faithful people, come. Come faithful people, come. Come faithful people, come. Receive bread and cup, the grace of God, the gift of God's love. Amen.
Please be seated. We welcome you here once again to the Nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew, passing that book along to your neighbors so that we can get to know you better and help you to get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We do hope that many of you will stay following the service for our monthly potluck luncheon downstairs in the Marsh Room. We also note today the beginning of the Sustainable Advent Project. Many of you hopefully got an email very early this morning uh, with a devotional and a scripture reading and a sustainable practice. Um, we did send it to the entire congregation uh, today, but to continue receiving it, you need to sign up for the Sustainable Advent Project on the Marsh Chapel website, bu.edu chapel, along with the opportunity for online giving. Here for a special announcement from the music department, our director of music, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. I have three announcements for you this morning. First is that next Sunday, December 8th, is the second installment of our Bach experience, a year-long survey of Bach's B minor mass. Next Sunday is the Gloria. Join us here in the nave at 945. The Collegium, the chapel choir, will present uh, musical examples, with the discussion by me breakfast to follow, and then, of course, the fullness of the Gloria presented in liturgical context on the broadcast at 11 o'clock next Sunday, December 8th. The next week after that, mark your calendar December 12, and then December 15 are two services of lessons and carols. Friday afternoon at 6 o'clock on December 12th, joined by the seminary singers from the School of Theology and, of course, the Marsh Chapel Choir. And finally, my third announcement, if you haven't yet made uh, a donation to our Bach Experience campaign, um, I encourage you to consider making a gift as part of your seasonal charitable giving and supporting our two trips to Manhattan with the Bach Experience. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. Also next Sunday is our annual Blue Christmas service. More information uh, in the insert in your bulletin. It's at 3 p.m. here in the Nave of Marsh Chapel next Sunday. We invite you to meditate on Charles Wood's setting, O Thou the Central Orb, by Henry Rams Ramsden Bramley, as the ushers wait upon us for the morning offering. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
gracious one, gracious three, on this new day of the church year, we offer back to you out of your provision these our gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine, product of earth and air, fire and water, the life energy of plants and animals and humans. And these are gifts of money, symbol of our time, resources, life energy, and devotion. Accept and multiply these gifts, we pray, that we may go forth from this place strengthened in the life of faith to continue your work of love and justice in the world. In the name of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ is with you always and also with you. Let us offer one another signs of peace and reconciliation. The Lord is with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right, and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven and giving voice to all creation, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. 
holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent in the fullness of time to be a light to the nations. You scatter the proud in the imagination of their hearts and have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You put down the mighty from their thrones and exalt those of low degree. You fill the hungry with good things and the rich you send empty away. Your own son came among us as a servant to be Emmanuel, your presence with us. He humbled himself in obedience to your will and freely accepted death on a cross. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. We remember how when he was at supper with his disciples, Christ Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks and blessed it, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body given for you. Each time you eat this, remember me. Likewise, after supper, he took a cup. And when he had given thanks and blessed it, he gave the cup to his disciples and said, this is the cup of the new covenant sealed in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Each time you drink this, remember me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
the first communion of the liturgical season of Advent, at the beginning of the Christian liturgical year. Happy New Year to us all. After partaking of communion, if after partaking of communion, you are moved to prayer for healing in an area of your life which needs attention, with laying on of hands or anointing with oil, please join the members of the healing prayer group under each of these first windows in the nave. All are welcome at the Lord's table. There is wine in the chalice on the pulpit side and alcohol-free grape juice in the chalice on the lectern side. Gluten-free wafers are available. Please just ask. There are others invita other invitations in your bulletin and our ushers are happy to assist you. Look, the bread of heaven is broken for the life of the world. Look, the cup of salvation is poured out for the life of the world. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Let us keep this feast with joy and thanksgiving.
Dearly beloved, let us pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, creator, redeemer, and sustainer be with us all. Amen.